I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello on this Friday afternoon. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Danny Ekier. Indeed, and it is a Friday because at <laughs> least the market started to see some buying in the afternoon. So we'll take that, won't we? Yeah, I mean, it was looking pretty dismal after the open. We did have that sell-off, particularly in tech Indeed. on Wall Street. But again, uh, interest rates are a main point of contention and we've got a big week next week with the ECB with the Fed and increasing calls for hikes coming in August in the wake of that jobs report here. Indeed and we have the June quarter uh, inflation read for Australia on July 26th so it is going to be as well as all those big tech earnings coming through so it's going to be a jam-packed week that is for sure. We're getting ahead of ourselves though so it looks as if the S&P ASX 200 will close down by about a tenth of a percent. This is the SIBO Australia index. The curtains have already come down there so in keeping with what we're seeing uh, in the main market. It looks like Danny, week to date, we may be finishing up by about two tenths of a percent. So again, you know, silver linings, it could always be worse. Indeed, indeed. And actually just looking at the chart today with Carl Kapalinga, and we really are just in such a trading range at the moment. It's like a road to nowhere. Yeah. Um, look, so one of our themes today, obviously, is what happened on the market today. And uh, we're also considering tech, because as we'll show Mm -hmm. you through these sectors, I mean, the tech space did suffer here as well. And then, uh, as we've just alluded to, massive week ahead, U.S. earnings, particularly with tech. But look, they start to trickle in for ASX listed companies as well. Rio is out with its half year report is probably the biggest one that you should be across next week. But um, to those sectors, here's a not pretty picture of the uh, the tech sector with um, some of the worst performers actually coming through here. Yeah, and really, I don't think there's too much surprises there because a lot of those shares had been on an absolute tear as well. So up until today, WiseTech was up at a new record high. So it uh, looks as though zero taking the full brunt of the selling off over 4%. But again, it's really, really uh, been a great performer of late. Yeah, the banks, we did have a downgrade coming from Goldman Sachs for CBA. So underperforming the market here as a general rule, Macquarie holds its AGM next Thursday, I believe it is. Um, surprising to see it down by 1.6%. But um, Again, I think it's been quite strong. So just mm-hmm. maybe some general profit taking coming through off the back of that. And probably no surprises. Actually, REITs didn't do too badly today um, in the whole scheme of mm-hmm. things. Well, I suppose they've underperformed generally. Everything is just so sensitive at the moment to the bond markets. Every time you see those Treasury yields tick up or down, you get a corresponding uh, match in the performance of the other sectors. Sectors. I do think, though, the energy sector did Yeah, did show... that was actually one of the outperformers yeah. today. Um, uh, we did see a slight uptick in the price of oil uh, through the overnight period that continued in Asian trade today. Uh, we saw a bit of strength coming through in the U.S. 
dollar, um, and that actually, I don't have gold on here. But that was heavily um, hit today. Yeah, really heavily hit. Newcrest in particular, and that again is tied to the U.S. quarterly reporting season. So whenever you get these U.S. companies that have an expression or some exposure either here to Australia or Australia uh, to there, which is the case of Newcrest, which was absolutely hammered today, uh, Newmont reported overnight and it oh, disappointed. Okay. And ah. that, I mean, gold, gold in general was coming under pressure, Weaker, but this yeah. is an outsized okay. sell-off. So that's what was behind Newcrest. Indeed. Coronado, you heard me flub my way through it about 15 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> and I must admit, I don't have it up either at the moment, so I'm not going to be much But it was here. out with its production report. We had a number of production reports coming through from the big miners this week. It was Coronado's chance today and clearly up by 3%. And a bit of a traffic update as well coming from Atlas Arteria. Yeah, um, I actually, I must admit, I'm not on top of that one, but I do know that generally in that sector, um, a lot of the analysts have been very much liking um, Transurban because they do benefit from inflation rises. Yeah, okay, so we can just lose that there because we're talking about Atlas Soteria. Uh, Mosaic Brands was also out with an update today. Share price up by 25%. Um, so yeah, just um, looking at some of the, the positivity being expressed there um, just makes me think of a lot of the conversations I had today in regards to particularly um, you know, what we can expect coming through in this reporting season. And Mosaic Brands, you know, did swing to a full year profit. Mm. And so seeing that outsized reaction and yet, you know, well, when companies disappoint, uh, Michael Steele, for example, from Yara Capital Management today was saying you could still see these really outsized absolutely. reactions, even if some of the bad news is already baked in. Take discretionary retailers, for example. Absolutely. And uh, we were just discussing that with uh, Jason Tay in terms of sometimes the analysts are just too bearish going into these, you know, reporting season. And he was talking about Diana EDI being a classic case in point. And here, obviously, everyone had got way too bearish. And the company has obviously updated the market, as it should do in this confession season before we get to the full year earnings. And uh, yeah, that share price had been really heavily sold yeah. off from, you know, 38, 37 cents all the way down to, by the looks of it, 16. So yeah, because it's in that sort of um, discretionary space Indeed. perfectly you know yep. it's got brands like um, Miller's like Katie's you know are we all going out and spending money in that way as interest rates continue to to bite Nonny B comes to mind as well so yeah interesting to see that uh, apparently market you know well people might be might be trading down that's what yeah. I suspect because they're very much at the the lower end of the market okay uh, Look, another company that was out with a bit of news today was Chalice Mining. So, uh, yeah, looking to invest in a smaller entity. It was the stock of the day. Let's listen in to what our, our guests had to say. This is a huge project. It will probably be, you know, in development for a long time. And I think some analysts um, predict that production will, will forecast to begin around the end of the, the decade, around FY30. So this is clearly a very long-winded um, asset. And, and if you're in it now, you're probably, you know, anticipating some re, uh, re-rate upwards from studies or potentially some farming or JV agreements because, you know, this, this is going to be probably a $3 billion CapEx bill. So it's, it's a, a sounding project, but there's a lot of kind of wind to go 
um, in this company. So from our view, we'd probably be happy to, to sit on the sidelines. Um, usually in, in these types of stocks, you get an opportunity. The market will give you an opportunity um, just purely through sentiment. And we've seen that recently in Chalice. You know, it's, it's fallen pretty hard. So I think you will get an opportunity to buy this at a later date. But for us, probably just keep it on the watch list for now. Yep. One of the things that they've got there um, that, that's viable for them for the future is that, that palladium. And I think a lot of people are sort of pricing that in and, and betting on that, especially with Russia supplying about 40% of uh, th- that commodity. So, you know, whether we are, you know, demand globally from Russia, anything at all, uh, especially that palladium, if we can get it elsewhere, I think that's going to come into high demand. So I think it's going to be a good one in the future. Um, but I think uh, right now it's just stuck in that in that in that in between phase. Um, so we'd, we'd sit on the sidelines as well. But uh, yeah, happy to keep this one on your watch list. So that's a bit of a rundown of what happened stock specifically today. Let's take a look, though, at the week that was the week to come, no doubt, with our regular Friday catch up with Shane Oliver from AMP Capital. Hey, Shane, good afternoon to you. Um, I'll just cut to the chase. Did anything really change significantly for you in the wake of that jobs report? Or does it really just, you know, increase the importance of that inflation read next week? Well, to be honest with you, nothing particularly changed in my view. We were already allowing for another rate hike in August. Uh, The jobs numbers, you could argue, lock that in or add to the likelihood that that will occur. I wouldn't say it's locked in. Um, But, you know, we we are still having to wait for the um, uh, inflation numbers, retail sales numbers in the next week. And, of course, there's the unknown about what the Reserve Bank might do with its wages and inflation forecast, where the risk is probably on the upside. So our inkling, our inclination is to expect that they will raise interest rates again, um, as is often been the case lately. I'm not feeling particularly comfortable with that because when you look at a lot of leading indicators of the jobs market, uh, we have a, a jobs leading indicator, which is composed of a whole bunch of things that relate to job openings, job ads, uh, business hiring plans, and so on. Uh, those sort of things are telling us that we are going to see weaker jobs growth in the not too distant future. Uh, we're also starting to see, and there's been a few anecdotes on this one as well, we, we're starting to see from the SEEK data uh, an increase in the number of applicants mm. per vacancy, which is also a sign of things starting to weaken here. So yes, those jobs numbers are very strong. Yes, they will worry the Reserve Bank. Yes, they're going to be concerned about ongoing strength in wages growth, which still looks to be accelerating. Uh, but they really do need to tread very carefully here um, because forward-looking indicators point to some sort of slowdown coming. Yeah, I actually, I think I read today, Shane, that Coles was saying that instead of 10 applicants for one job, it's gone up to about 18 applicants per one job. So mm-hmm. could be a case, as your indicators are saying, that we haven't picked up in the current numbers, but it is suddenly, you know, slowly, slowly, and then very quickly, and the numbers could shoot up quite dramatically. That's right. The, the old saying in economics and elsewhere is it's okay till it's not. <laughs> uh, it's like high debt levels. They're okay till they're not. Um, trying to predict that not point you know, where things suddenly turn south is always very hard there. But you can see in that chart you just put up there, the green line is our jobs leading indicator. It's based on a whole bunch of job opening surveys, job vacancies, uh, it, it has been falling for a while now, um, but it, it, it does warn that sooner or later the blue line, which is employment growth, uh, will follow suit. So that, I think, is a big risk 
here. Obviously, you know, we've been wrong. The unemployment rate has stayed lower for longer than we expected. Um, but those leading indicators do warn us that that may not last. All right, uh, Shane, when it comes to um, earnings, earnings that we've seen in the States so far, uh, what is your take away from it? I mean, it's still early days, but um, you know, it's a really big week next week, so any insight you can give into how you expect it to track would be most useful. Well, so far, so good. We've only seen 16% of S&P 500 companies report. That's about 80 companies, uh, particularly banks and some tech stocks. Uh, there's been some disappointments in there. Um, obviously, a fall in Tesla profits as they cut their prices and they asked still seeing a rise in inventories, but uh, the results I, th I think actually measured better than expected. Mm. Um, it's just the profit number did come down. But the, the broader picture there from the, 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 the companies that have reported so far is reasonably strong. The average beat has been 11%. Uh, and therefore the consensus, uh, which is the final blue bar on that chart, there is for a 7% decline in profits. So the blue bars show the annual rate of growth in profits. And of course, the most recent one is the uh, consensus expectation for a 7% decline up until the June quarter compared to the June quarter a year ago. But you are seeing um, somewhat above average red dots, which is uh, companies surprising on the upside. And that suggests that the final outturn for profit growth will probably be somewhat stronger than the consensus is expecting. Now, a cynic might say, well, that's often the case. <laughs> the companies play a bit of a game here, uh, but I suspect there's probably a little bit more upside this time around. Now, it doesn't mean this is going to continue, but it looks as if the US economy held up reasonably well through the June quarter. Um, you did see some moderation in wages growth coming through, which takes a little bit of pressure off margins. So, the, and and the tech story remains, you know, notwithstanding individual companies, remains a positive one. Uh, so I, I suspect that the news from the profit numbers will be a positive one for markets. Um, only complication, of course, is that uh, markets have had a good run over the last few months, well, particularly in the US, and there is that risk of a, of a pullback, particularly as we go into the weaker seasonal months of August and September. Um, but that could come maybe after the profit reporting season has run its course. Absolutely. I was um, reading something quite interesting from uh, Mike Wilson at Morgan Stanley, and he was saying in the same way companies have benefited from inflation and the pull through, uh, you know, of demand, etc. When we start to see disinflation, it's really going to work against um, them being able to increase their, their, their you know, their prices mm. and really everything, their margins of well are so high. So he's erring towards, you know, this disinflation possibly even deflation, he mentions, as being a real mm. headwind to earnings, having had this, you know, super peak period of earnings and margins. It's like the big unwind. Do you think that's a, a reasonable proposition at this stage? Well, it is, uh, and it partly relates to the way company profits lag the economic cycle. Uh, I suspect it's probably more a risk for the second half of the year and going into next year. So what's happened so far is that uh, companies have seen a surge in demand as we came out of the pandemic. They've also seen um, you know, more pricing power, and so that's helped uh, support their margins, um, even though you have seen some pickup in costs. As you go into the downturn, you see less sales, nominal sales come under pressure as inflation slows down, uh, and so things don't look so rosy on that front, but you're still paying 
uh, the high costs. You've still got the big workforce on, you know, just as measured by unemployment, um, and therefore you start to see a bit of a squeeze. Uh, so that's certainly a risk. I, I don't think it's going to become that evident in the current reporting season. I could be wrong there, but it, it's certainly a risk to watch out for as we go into the latter part of this year and into next year, um, because history tells us that earnings often lag the economic cycle. It's never precise, but but they often do. But they but they certainly benefited from the rise in inflation. Um, and you're right there. And I think that was partly because uh, nominal growth often benefits uh, companies because nominal growth is what drives their sales. If you're going into an environment of lower inflation, means lower nominal growth. And unless they've got their cost base under control, it can cause a squeeze. Shane, um, your earlier comment that we could be in for a pullback for US equities, um, in part because of just how well some of these corporates have been doing, you know, a bit of uh, time to pay the piper. But but does that apply to Australia as well, considering just how much the Australian market has underperformed the US market, clearly because we don't have um, the Magnificent <laughs> Seven, you know, behind us? Yeah, it's, uh, you could raise a question about that. On the US market, I think it last week got to a, uh, well, maybe now, I mean, it's, it's still up for this week, um, uh, got to a uh, uh, sort of post-2022 low high, uh, and it's still in a nice rising trend. Where the Aussie market's been churning around, I think our high, um, we didn't come down as much as the US market, but we've spent a lot of this year just churning around in a bit of a range there. So you can make an argument that uh, if the US market comes down, yes, we get affected, but maybe we don't get affected as much. Um, in the midst of a, of a downturn. I, gu- I guess it then becomes the bigger question is, is that just a correction? And I suspect in that environment, we probably outperform. We didn't go up as much, probably wouldn't come down as much. But if it's, if and this is not my base case, if it's the start of a sort of a, a run into a, a, you know, the recession that everyone's been talking about for the last 18 months, um, then Australia could be more vulnerable because we are a more cyclical share market, obviously with exposure particularly to uh, materials, mining companies, resources, and so on. And also we've got that risk in our banks um, associated with uh, with uh, high household debt. So then we could be more at risk. But my base case would be this would just be a correction and, and we may not come down as much uh, as the US market if indeed we do come down. And last but not least, China, everybody is really looking to the Politburo meeting next week to provide, well, something more inspirational when it comes to stimulus for the Chinese economy. Where are you sitting on that, Shane? (laughs) Well, I've been sitting and waiting for a while now, and then (laughs) their stimulus doesn't seem to be that decisive. This is is a long way from the the Chinese policymaking we saw uh, when we started watching it very closely back in the 2000s, uh, it's a lot less decisive. You know, there seemed to be a lot less focused on growth, um, more concerned about a whole bunch of other things. But, um, yeah, there's been so many weeks that have gone by lately where there's been some commitment by you know, the PBOC or or um, you know, State Council or somebody rather in China suggesting they're going to do more stimulus and they're committed to doing more stimulus and supporting growth and what have you, and then you don't really get much. Uh, so, yes, I am hopeful we'll see a bit more next week, but uh, the experience lately tells me not to get your hopes up too high that, that what they deliver may not be as much as we're hoping for or ultimately what they deliver may not be as much as, the, as they promise. Um, so it seems that the motivations in China have changed dramatically compared to the past. 
um, they're far less focused on generating growth. That does come with a bit of a risk, though, because one of the indicators that came out in the last week is rising youth unemployment, defined as, I think it was 15 to 24-year-olds, over 20% now. Um, that is not a good sign for the future if you've got so many people young people unemployed, it could create social tensions, which I'm, I'm a bit surprised that the uh, the leadership is not more concerned about. Yep, social cohesion, so important in uh, China. All right, Shane, we've covered a lot of ground. Thank you so much again for joining Thank us you. as always. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, thanks, Adeen. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next week. Okay, see, ya. <laughs> see you, Shane. Bye, Shane. <laughs> All right. Market leaders in Langard, shall we, Danny? All right, market leaders are coming through. And um, look, uh, we saw Flight Center once again looking pretty strong today. Oh, Surface Stream, yes. Hey, I what's was, going on there? I was talking about that uh, with Carl Kapalinga. He likes that one, actually. He says uh, that's worth having a look. I'm actually not aware of any news on that one, but interesting to see it doing well. Flight Center continuing, as she said, yeah. and Woodside. Um, Coronado, I have to mention, it's actually one of the best performers on the 200 as well. And Woodside up by close to 2%. We mentioned energy was an outperformer on an otherwise negative day. Um, Laggards, though, I uh, would be surprised if we don't Minerals. see it. Yeah. Oh, after that rally that we saw yesterday with the restructuring on their uh, deal with Albemarle in the lithium uh, processing plant, obviously, you know, people have decided, well, that's enough of that. I don't think there's well, any new Well, a couple brokers did cut their price targets. Uh, on right. this company in the wake of that. So Macquarie right. cutting it by 3%, uh, Goldman's cutting it by about 5%. Mm. And uh, yeah, I don't see any news associated with Pilbara Perseus, but um, Seek as well down there off by 4%. That's an expression likely of just what happened in tech. In the smaller end of the market, look, I saw this earlier, didn't see any real, you know, thematics yeah, jumping out at me. No. Um, Star Pharma, though, up by about 12%. And the laggards, again, uh, look to, um, you know, some of those in the tech space. But Big Tin Can today did announce that it is getting some sort of an investment from one of its key investors, or should say a capital injection right. from one of its key investors, to further its AI <laughs> uh, yeah, so I sort of scratched my I head about it. that one as well. Like, oh, okay, um, off by 8% anyhow. Maybe the market isn't so convinced about the AI part. Yeah, and um, yeah, they've been touting using AI for quite some time. Doesn't mean it's an AI company. So looks like the market saw through that. All right, let's get to um, what's happening overnight. We've already had this retail sales. I got a bit distracted when we were talking to Shane by this because oh, UK rose by a stronger than expected 0.7% in June. Like what gives? Inflation is so high. We keep hearing about how rough the economy is there. Uh, interest rates still rising. People are still out spending. Food sales bounce back. Right. Uh, department stores, furniture shops. Wow. Uh, so the UK or the Brits, you know, still spending, which just means that the job is tougher. Indeed. For the central bank. Mm, Interesting. Mm. We'll see what happens with the Canadian retail sales. And next week, we do get retail sales here locally for the month of June as well. U.S. earnings, if we bring this oh, up. Oh, I can week. never read this one that Kyle actually puts up for us, but I do. 
I love it though because、uh, it's just we've got Microsoft next or, week. Well, th- sorry, this is no, this is this that's week. That's wrong. That's July seventeenth. Yeah, no, we're yeah. out of date there. Now, so let's leave that.、Uh, Microsoft. What else? Google. Yes,、Meta. so basically, Amazon and Meta, Microsoft and Google are all next week, and I should be able to pull those up and tell you exactly when they're coming out.、Um, I don't think Apple is reporting next week, but really, the markets are going to be focusing heavily on.、Uh, I'm just checking whether that's the Wednesday or the Thursday. So Meta, Meta, Amazon's is, going to be after hours on the 26th. Yeah, so Meta is on the 26th, so that's our time on Thursday morning. Boeing as well, AT and T. They've already flagged that they've got some problems. Chipotle, which has been a great performer, and I think then the day after. I mean, there's just so many、mm-hmm. U.S. companies reporting. The day after that is、uh, Microsoft, which、uh, no Amazon on the 27th. Mastercard, wow, Abby, McDonald's, Shell, you name it. Everybody's、yeah. coming out. So really, really big week in the U.S. Well, we're going to also be competing, or that's going to be competing. We're going to、uh, be competing. For our attention between that and the FOMC and the ECB、B、and the BOJ yeah, and that inflation read on Wednesday here in、exactly. Australia and which, flash PMIs,、yeah. which are going to be really interesting as well. So busy little Vegemites. <laughs> yeah, we better have a relaxed weekend. <laughs>、um, look,、uh, it is almost time to relax. So we do have the official close of the market done and dusted. Here is the Cibo Australia Index, which、uh, we showed you earlier, closing down by about a tenth of a percent. And, Same and goes. ASX, yeah, yeah. down by point one five percent or eleven points, seven thousand three. Three hundred and thirteen. All right. So this week we were、uh, talking about confessions coming ahead of reporting season. We've got Rio Tinto, as we mentioned, next week. Shall we call it a day? A Friday day. day. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you have a great weekend. Happy, healthy, safe, all the rest of it, and、uh, we look forward to seeing you yet again next week. Indeed. <laughs>